You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Onyx Hunt and Onyx Maps. I really feel that every serious hunter needs Onyx on their phone because I I know Onyx is a mapping system, but I look at Onyx like a journal where you can document everything that you see while you're out in the timber. You can document sc- uh, scrapes and rubs and tree stand locations, trail camera locations, bedding areas, and you can look at the terrain features through the contour lines of the topographic map you can look at the vegetation from the satellite imagery you can look at the hybrid combination of both and you add all these data points up together and now what you have is a visualization of where you need to be hunting on specific wind directions which is also on onyx and uh, it's just something that it's a one-stop shop for data uh, and data collection and for me i i can now look at especially on my whitetail hunting spots, I can look back and say I had an encounter here, I had an encounter here. Um, on, a, on this wind, I noticed there's a big rub or a scrape line on this ridge, and I've documented all of that. So it makes everything more efficient, my decision-making process of which tree stand to hunt more efficient. If you want to find more information about Onyx, visit your local app store and just download it, or you can go to Onyx Maps. And if you want to purchase, use the discount code NATION20, N-A-T-I-O-N-20, and first-time users will save 20%. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Back guys, <clears throat> another fun podcast lined up this week. Um, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. It fun. is February, fun, fun, fun. February the second. Yep. Uh, recording this release February the fourth. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, not that any of you guys care about that because I know you were out running a chainsaw through the whole thing, or out hopefully with the headlamp on it. Headlamp. And <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, you know, it's February 2nd, which is right in the heart of our busiest time of the year when it comes to consulting. Although this 2019, I'm not sure there was really a slow time of the year. It pretty much screamed all the way through. But as far as time on the road, this is it. We've been on the road for seven days now. Tomorrow we'll make eight. And uh, we've seen a lot of country. We've been a lot of places. Uh, But this... I've been everywhere, man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this week was mainly just all of Iowa. Yeah. Uh, which everyone's like, oh, lucky dogs. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> y'all, Iowa, it's like. I, Iowa in February isn't that luxurious. <laughs> I have seen the sun shine for two days. That's yes. like another song on my sing right there. The last two. I days. haven't seen the sun. <laughs> I ain't seen the sun, the sun shine. shine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I know goodness. it's like I finally saw the sun shine for two dang days. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, man, it's been dark and dreary up here. Yeah. I, <laughs> up in the I, north country. I was beautiful during that October 15th, November 15th. And I say all this jokingly because where we've been the last two days is beautiful. Oh, man, but it's awesome when, stuff. The one funny thing about it is, well, yeah, it's been Iowa. Well, it's been covered in snow. Yep. We didn't see the snow. We didn't see the sun for the first five days. And Foggy. then the sun finally came out, and now it's just a muddy yeah, mess. Temperatures fi- finally did warm up, but um, with all that being said, there there is a ton of parallels to um, to be made, kind of just throughout this weekend and what what's been observed across the entire state. Because truthfully, we've we've worked in the southern portion of the state, we've worked on the eastern portion, the very very northeastern portion, and now the northwestern portion of the state so it's like we've seen well northwestern and then western just and, western. Yeah, and, and just western iowa yeah um and into nebraska too but but just just looking right at iowa it's like we we've seen experienced um so many different things we've seen the plains the rolling oh, prairies yeah. and then we've the seen driftless region and then we've seen the Lus hills of oh, yeah. western iowa Man. and and you talk about diversity too I was when I was like across the state. I think of like all the different like regions of a state. And my mind always goes back to Virginia. We've got the coast, but then we have mountains and valleys and Piedmont and more mountains and it's coastal region and all sorts of stuff. Well, that's Missouri. You've got the cypress mm-hmm. swamps of the southeast. You've got yep. the grain fields of <laughs> the north, the tall grass prairies, yep. and then you've got the Ozark Snowworks. Mountains. That's a lot of cool stuff. So, but but there there's so much hype. And there's so much talk and there's so much just discussion of just Iowa as a state. And, and here we are, we, we're, we're a week into it and have a lot of observations to be able to share in thoughts because we've seen a lot, talked to a lot of people. And I don't, there, there really has not been one property to the next where it's like, well, this is the same old stuff. It's like, Every single one's really been pretty oh, dang different. Even a even a one day two property, yeah, twenty minutes apart stretch for me mm-hmm. on Friday yep. was forest to savannah, right? And right. just nuts the the difference. Totally different management strategies involved, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about that. You know, this podcast is probably going to be named something addition by subscription by subtraction or something like that as far as uh, everyone's like wait what yeah say yeah say that again addition by subtraction intelligence by ignorance that's what we're going to call this one (laughs) um and so it's a we'll discuss it but it's very much a uh a way that we manage a lot of the landscape we go to. Um, and so we'll, we'll jump into that. But I thought maybe our second podcast, Matt, is just thinking out loud here. Um, you know, we think of Iowa. Oh, we grow big bucks in Iowa. But it it's when people think of Iowa big bucks, they think of southern Iowa usually, where a lot of outdoor television shows are out of. But through a lot of our discussion, um, this week we've talked about grow big bucks anywhere, and I um I that might be uh, podcast number two this week. Yep, might just have to do that one. It's just it's because just we time should time again. We should reiterate here: it's post Super Bowl. <laughs> it's yeah. ten o'clock. 
in the we've evening. Been, we've but been before I left for Iowa. I was home one night and four days in Oklahoma. So I was like, I am, <laughs> I'm fumes right now. <laughs> I mean, I am fumes. Woo. And then we get home. It's time to hit the keyboard and reports. Oh, reports and maps and you betcha. Yeah. So it's Grinding. been a grind here lately. Um, a fantastic one though. But uh. Yeah, that might be podcast number two. But this podcast is really going to be a recap of our latest ventures, um, our latest consults and places we've seen, stuff that we've that is now fresh on our mind uh, as far as just some management strategies or management that's going to be projects that are going to be implemented that can help you guys understand how we're approaching this how we're approaching land management not just on our own properties but our own, on our clients properties because really when we show up to a property the end goal is really if we just want to be honest i want to have the best experience here in the least amount of time that doesn't cost that costs the least amount of money that's that's really the goal for landowners they want something they have a vision of what they want their land to be they want to get there as quickly as they can. However, at the same time, they want to avoid the silver bullet because they're educated yes. now. Yes. They're like, I, I, I know, I, I've, I've read through that stuff. I've probably already tried it. I've heard bad. I don't want that. I want to know, education-wise, tell me, give me the knowledge of how to n- naturally manipulate the landscape to produce what I want on my property go and not just for this year but for years to come yeah yeah so paint the, paint the picture for me of what this should be what does it look like describe it everything I, everything um that i want or everything that i need uh on my farm to do for me i want that as quickly as possible without breaking the bank because yeah. it's 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 really a business like um, we can say we don't care about this stuff, but it has to at least not break the bank. Yeah, yeah. And or, so, or, or the 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 acres. The let's just look at the property and say like that's the overall business, and each each acre or, or forty acre chunk is is a department of this business. And if it's not working to support the business, it needs to be fired. It needs to be reevaluated. It needs to be redesigned. Things need to be taken out. Things need to be added whatever maybe it just needs a big old prescribed fire to rip through it but you just have to evaluate how are the properties set up whether it's acre by acre or chunks and and look at those um very very critically to ba- to, to know what to do and, and to just say does this does this help me or hurt me and it kind of goes into well when you look at these properties that that we've been on so i'll kind of let you start it off with those two smaller ones that you talked about there briefly is forest was one of them. Yeah, both less than a hundred acres. Yeah. One was straight forest, like everything about it says forest. We're talking yeah. it's got big oaks, it's got walnuts, it's got a lot of maples, it's got giant it had some giant oaks just up on the crest of the hill, big wolfy looking oaks. But for the most part this was a forest. Right, right. So there's one property, but then but then the other property drive 20 minutes away, Savannah. and it's like t- 
you're driving out there and it's just kind of rolling where you're like, whoa, this is this is cool. Huge crop fields, mm. but then just massive ridges. And you're like, man, this is this is pretty cool. But you kind of look and you're like, whoa, there's a big rock outcropping halfway, not up on the ridge top, but out here in kind of the flat area. Yep. As it kind of rolls up, it's like, whoa, that's that's rock sticking out of that. This is Iowa. They're not supposed to have rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look up and you're like, wait a second. There's the like monster bur oak who's yeah, just con- standing out. right up there. Yeah, and then you look around and there's just a whole cluster of them scattered about, grass underneath, like, yep. oh, it's a bur oak savanna. This little knoll is a baroque savanna and pretty amazing so you, you said something there and it kind of is a it rings true for just a lot a lot of the portion of the country that we travel through um and there, uh, there's portions of the country that doesn't have much topography changes but it's amazing when you slow down and look just look at the topography we're talking the aspects of slopes, the intensity, the steepness, and then the vegetation changes there that that you can see, let's say, on a slope or just the general roll of, of an area. Those are indicators or signs, let's say, of what maybe what should be there, what we should see. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll talk about, oh, okay, well, there's a little blue mixed in the timber. It's not getting any sunlight. That's an indicator species. Well, Sometimes just the topography of an area is going to tell us or give us a sign or a clue as to what should be there having just general background knowledge. And then this other species that are present, like you said, you, you saw kind of the rolling terrain and then there's this big rock and then you get to the burrow. It's like this plus that plus that plus that equals historically post oak, I mean, burrow oak savanna. Woo. Here we are. Yep perfect but it's those clues you can so you can be traveling across a state um driving down the interstate but just take in to account topography changes and what's represented on there like like even yesterday when we were in the we were in the Lust hills we were looking across uh one of these just very steep hills and you know it's got like kind of little folds those broader ravines but and some of these areas that were a little more protected in these little bowls, you, you there's shrubs like starting in every single little one of them. It's like, well, that's not just like random chance that that those shrubs are growing specifically right there every single time. Like that's important. That's like a key. Take note of that. Like you don't see those same shrubs growing around the spine of the ridge or something that maybe cattle previously have had a lot more access to or fire has just hasn't ripped up through that portion as easily. So when you're trying to go, whether it's plant shrubs or just evaluate the landscape, just let it talk to you. Like let, let just be observant about what it is and then try and go make that elsewhere. But there's just those clues for sure. Absolutely. Um, it was just, uh, it kind of goes back to podcasts we've talked about in the, in the past about how, uh, you don't you manage the land the way nature wanted it to be that what it wanted to be not just try to make it something that it isn't mm-hmm. it's like we don't go into that forest the the forested property and say we want this to be savanna and you just start killing every tree going i'm yeah. going to only leave yeah. the oaks because you're going to be constantly fighting with 
with Woody Sprouts and constantly fighting with Maples and you're going to fight and fight and fight and fight and then realize at the end of end of your ownership or end of your life going boy that was a really just a, a an uphill battle that I never even got to the top oh, throwing left and right and yeah. jabs and uppercuts I didn't ever win <laughs> yeah and then like this this prairie property the savanna type property is if you want this to be forest, it's like, okay, well, let's start planting trees like crazy. And then 10 years in, um, the native grasses all of a sudden catch fire. and There goes that investment. And then the trees Woo. are burned up. And yeah. the only thing left standing are the bur oaks because they were made to be protected. Yep. Um, they could handle Design. it. And you're like, this is just not a very good plan. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, you always manage for what the landscape wants it to be. And try to make a few tweaks and a little additions here to maximize your hunting experience, and make it to where you can really, um, you can really manage it uh, and and enjoy it and not be fighting and banging your head against the wall. Yeah. And absolutely. so, like for me, we manage. We get to this first property. It's a forest, man. It's the the landowner lives on the property as as the dad lives on the other property. Um, so I visited two farms in one day both under 100 acres, and both are um, totally different. The management involved is totally different. The project ahead of them is totally different. Um, one farm is really managing what's there and trying to remove to enhance the habitat. So he's going to be removing some things to make it better. That's the addition by subtraction. And then so the other farm is going to be adding things while mm-hmm. in the process of it's going to be adding things more than it is removing things right, right while the other farm is removing things while adding a few things sure sure and that's why i think like last week's podcast was was there there ain't no cookie cutter like stamp to to consulting you're on both sub 100 acre properties 20 minutes away and and the prescription would have been completely different for each property Yet the end goal was was somewhat similar, right? We wanted we wanted uh, obviously to improve it for wildlife. better habitat. Yeah, but so better habitat for what should are, be there. So like one, it was a father, it was a father and two sons, and working with working with them, they basically just wanted to make it an overall better family experience. They wanted yeah. to have more deer that lived on the property so they could hunt them, but they also wanted to have. Uh, the chance to hunt rabbits or possibly sure. the chance to have pheasants or quail show up. Mm-hmm. They wanted to uh, have the ability to squirrel hunt. But overall, they just wanted to be good stewards of the land. Gotta love that. Um, and so, you know, it was looking at the forest property going, man, there's just no management to this timber. There has uh, really been no management to the timber, and that's the biggest chunk of your property. So let's manage that. Yep. We need to add diversity within the trees. And so that comes in many forms, not just species of trees, but age of trees. Yes. And uh, so pretty much right now it's a monoculture of of trees. They're all the same age. There's yep. not a difference in 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 age or or growth structure. Um, and then there's certainly no diversity within the understory of herbaceous plants and grasses. I was on so it's like, it's time to do some. It's time to do some cutting. Yeah, yeah. I was on a property today that that was just straight up 
Burr Oak Savannah in Nebraska, and it was it was a little alarming because the canopy wasn't hundred percent or anything close like that, and, and a couple portions of Burr Oak canopy, but it was choked out by eastern red cedar and a ton of mid-story canopy hackberries. I said, like, guys, let's just look at this for a second. What what would happen if some if all these oaks died out for some reason? Like you have yep. no oak regeneration happening. Like there's no younger trees. There's no species that are no. that are coming back. And I get it. Like bur oaks can stand fire. They're mighty, but like literally, there there's nothing else here that is going to help this along. Worst case scenario. You gotta kind of plan. We gotta make sure that there's the ability for regeneration of the species that is most conducive to this site, and we 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 see that often across the landscape. Maybe in areas where bush honeysuckle is way overtaking the understory, and that that there is another example of addition by subtraction. Yeah, big time. Got <coughs> to remove. You got to get rid of the bad before really any good can come back and happen. Yeah, you consider the Los Hills. They're they're kind of a barren hillside. Naturally, you don't, if you don't know what they are, to <clears throat> just Google it and like just look at the pictures. Yeah, it's really uh, pretty. You know, when you talk, when you look at the Los Hills, the Los Hills, they uh, Council Bluffs is kind of the name yeah. because of what occurred there historically. Lewis and Clark on their big expedition. The Corps of Discovery, they're going up the Missouri River and they meet the Native Americans and they have a council on the bluffs, which is the Lus Hills, and looking over the surrounding landscape of the Missouri River Valley. Um, and, and that region of the of Iowa, these hills are just beautiful. Just, I just, can't even imagine. They're, just but they're highly erodible yeah, yeah. Um, mounds, semi-mountains but they're called yeah. hills um very steep in places but they're almost all historically barren mm-hmm. other than the bur oaks that grew around them around so them in the drains yeah you have a species that's adapted to fire you have shrubs that can handle fire and pockets and and even intense fires when they get severe there's it's just going to set them back but it's not going to completely remove them and then you have all these native grasses and forbs that were highly adapted to fire. Yep. Um, and so this Necessary. this region of the world we know is historically managed by, you know, bison herds uh, grazing, but then also fire. Um, and once you remove fire, we have just the massive explosion of non-native species like Siberian elms, but then also you have an explosion of native species that can't handle fire, eastern yeah. red cedar. Um, and you just look at that and you go, okay, this this region is being overran with, um, even today's client showed me aerial images from the 30s. There's no cedars around, and yeah. now there's just cedars everywhere. Uh, say, just everyone take, the, take a second, say that one again. There was yeah. no cedars around in 1930. Yeah, none. And even in the mid-60s, there was way less cedars. And there's probably way more savanna-type setting than overcrowded, unmanaged timber during that yeah, time absolutely. frame, too. If because you, if fire you, if you was so correct. abundant. It was, it was abundant. It was prevalent. It was utilized. There was more grazing. It just 
was a differently managed landscape. The land itself is is still the same. Yes, the land hasn't changed, and a lot of the native the native seed source has not changed, other than one main factor being removed, and that's fire. Disturb- you, a disturbance. When you look at Remove this, this when happens. you look at these steep hillsides, it's very, it's a lot of native grass, little blue stem, side oats, grandma. Um, you even have Indian grass and big blue. Yep. Um, and it's really steep. So all signs say, you know, in certain conditions, a fire would rip across that landscape. When I say rip, I mean rip. And <laughs> you can, even now, you can look across and see hills where you're like, whoa. Like today's console that we're not even going to talk about much. Today's console's like, whoa, look at that hillside over there. That hillside's more bare and it's yeah. open. He goes, yeah, the wildfire uh, mm. so a couple years ago. Well, that's why there's no cedars. Mm-hmm. If nature, if this was just, if we just walked away, if if human, two-legged man, homo sapiens just left and let that go, there would be a lightning strike and woof. The whole place would burn. It'd be right back to be super, very super barren. intense. Yeah, it'd be catastrophic right now as far as there'd be crowned out cedar trees, and it'd be amazing. <laughs> it'd be amazing, but but like yeah, I mean there's there's life and there's there'd you know, be additions and by and subtraction. <laughs> yeah, You'd subtract the cedars, and you would add even more diversity with shrubs and forbs and grasses. And also more baroque regeneration mm-hmm. because this this species of oak um, has got armor to protect itself from fires, and you're going to re- open that canopy back up, and you're going to see more young oak seedlings start emerging because it needs that more open that open canopy. It needs that sunlight. It needs that fire, and it's going to start growing. But right well, now, it, it can't do space. it because elms and cedar trees and hickories and all these other species are starting to crowd in because fire hasn't been on the landscape yep yep that period periodic fire random fire is so necessary yeah um and so flip back over to to what we're talking about my consult in eastern iowa savannah landscape but it was all pastured so it's tall fescue growing underneath it you can look at 150 plus year old bur oaks everywhere and you're not seeing many oaks that are 50 years or less right you don't see so and the in the landowner is going some of these oaks are dying it's like oh yeah i saw, I saw that a lot today a lot of it was what i think was probably herbic- herbicide drift Oh really? Where you're seeing the tops, the outside perimeter, like looking, huh. the, the you just have that lower classic, on the hillside. Or it was like higher. huge crop fields all around it, yeah. and it's like south, so just just north. So any kind of sure. southerly wind, it just goes right up there. Um, and anyway, he uh, he's complaining about it, and he's starting to plant some oaks and starting to plant some other trees. But it's like, what what's going to happen if all these start dying? There's yeah. no other oaks, and it's going to turn into whatever it wants to be, probably prairie, because that's the big plan for him is he's going to plant a lot of native grasses and wildflowers, try to restore the prairie, remove the fescue, start burning, and start trying to restore the native landscape. That's exciting. And plant shrubs, too. So yeah. he's going to have giant 200-plus bur oaks. He's going to have pockets of plums and pockets of gray dogwoods. 
and they just kind of have native grasses and wildflowers everywhere. Sounds like a winning combination to me. But but you have to – you can't just automatically go out there and do that. There's been very few properties that, that you go to that's like, you know what, you're just ready to add something to improve this or you're or you just need to continue to maintain this and you're good. It's like you have to either go from adding sunlight, which means removing canopy or removing invasive species, one to just get rid of them or two to add more sunlight. You have to typically on most properties remove and or subtract, hence the name of the podcast subtract something to bring or add value to it. And a lot yeah. of times, yes, you're talking about adding some shrubs and and doing this and that. Um, however, sometimes that weed base is really super good already. Oh, like, yeah. like some, some of the, the uh, areas we, we looked at a couple of days ago um, on a property in the Lust Hills, it was like the client asked, do I need to add shrubs to that? It's like, no, they're gonna come back. Look like around. Th- I mean, th- there's, there, yeah, there, there's sumac dotted here. There's gray dogwood there. There's American plum right there. You're, you're good. Like, w- let's just let time heal itself. Let's throw some fire, and then just kind of walk away for a little let's bit. Let's remove what somebody thought was a good idea in years past. Let's go ahead and just remove that and let nature fix itself. Yep, because it will. Yeah, like uh, every every sign and every species there was was confirmation that it would. We were mm-hmm. seeing the very peak. Some types of a prairie clover. Um, we were seeing we saw sunflower. A couple types of we milkweed. Saw, yep. Yeah. That I still want to know exactly which one that yeah. one was. Because um, like I saw one that I'm like I'm pretty sure that's horold milkweed. Yeah. But yep. I'm not positive because now it's already lost seed. It's just kind of a shell of a, a plant. Yeah. But there's a couple places where it's like just uh, a little bit of wet feet. So it could have been the swamp. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then, gosh, I'm trying to think about what else we saw. We saw uh, cone flowers. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of echinacea. Um, and then uh, there was blazing star. Mm-hmm. Um, lead plant. Yeah, that lead plant. And and that's and a, a diversity of the grasses too. Yeah, the one we don't see a ton of um, was pretty prevalent. Was was the side oats, grandma? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, don't typically get to see that. But it's like, gosh, it's all there. It's, yeah, you don't have here. You just don't have to add. You just got to take away, and you're and you're a rock star. And yeah. you're doing something that no one like nobody else is doing around you. Well, cedar trees are great deer bedding, so. Taking those wrong. away. <laughs> wrong. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just, geez. Yeah, just so many incredible things to do. You know, with, with the Lust Hills property, we're going to uh, addition by subtraction. And then going back to eastern Iowa, where I was. There's mainly just going to be more cutting, removing of trees, thinning trees, trying to get canopy uh, removed so we can get some sunlight, some energy from from above, from the sun, to reach the fourth floor. So we have diversity with herbaceous plants yep. um, and young forests. So we have woody brows. I mean, we're talking Iowa here. So woody brows is, is just low on the list of uh, being around. And you know, you you say, talk When about, you say low on the list, not low on the priority list, but no. just low on the prevalence rate yeah, just, of that y- y- resource. 
how many times Woody Brow is just one of those things that's so overlooked, so underutilized, and so mismanaged. Actually, because we don't have shrubs. It's not even managed. Adam. It's it's just gone. Nobody's real, a lot, really managing that much for Woody yeah. Brows, other than through hinge cutting. Um, What's which, that? Yeah, Google it. Do something dangerous. Never heard of her. <laughs> Do it, and uh, it's like hinge cutting is not. It's one thing. It's a tool. Um, yeah. It's not even that great of a tool. Um, when it comes to trying to add woody brows over the landscape and manage a forest. So we're going to be doing some cutting and just adding woody brows. And so we're adding by subtracting trees. Um, and then we're adding by subtracting smooth brome around the edge of his main. He's got his yard and he's got a few little openings mm-hmm. and he's going to, and he's going to have to remove the smooth brome. And it's just like that. Snap your fingers, and he's changed. He could cut right now and cut till the end of March and completely change his hunting on that property forever. Yeah. Then you flip over, and it's like we're adding on the other place. We're going to subtract the tall fescue. We're going to add native grasses and shrubs. We're going to plant willows along the riparian area of the little creek. And boom, five years from now, doesn't even look like the same place. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Uh, it's been a little bit of a common theme. We'll kind of wrap this one up. But – I think that you have to encourage people, but at the same time, you have to provide enthusiasm to them mm-hmm. through education. Because a lot of a lot of what we're finding is that here are some rare, or threatened, or limited resources on properties, and people don't yet know what they have yet within their land or their property, and they don't or can't or haven't yet seen the potential that's there. So when we come to a property, we're probably going to get excited if we see something really cool. We're probably going to get jacked up when we see um, the Lust Hills or the Driftless region of Iowa or or eastern or western Iowa or Nebraska. We're going to probably get excited because everywhere we go, there's opportunity and there's resources to be managed in a way that are going to reach people's goals and that that's a good kind of tie into the other podcast so depending on how which one you listen to yeah if you want to know more about that definitely check out the other podcast but we we get excited and we hope that that's encouragement and fuel and and provide that's like the other piece hopefully that's provided beyond just the knowledge of what to do but it's gosh this is this makes a difference this means something it's not just boring science or boring historical maps that don't mean anything it's real it's yeah. there it's not just deer management anymore nah we we done graduated out of yeah. that it's it's so much more so Land, guys you know if you're out there listening and you're trying to figure out you know it's it's Going in February, which February is a great month for habitat improvement, especially in your timbered acres, and you're trying to figure out what to do. Sometimes it's best to not think about what you're preparing to add, but maybe there's a lot of stuff on your farm that you need to take away first. And what sometimes, or a lot of times, those acres that are going to be taking away something 
is only going to improve your hunting way more than anything you could buy in a bag, buy in a tube, buy in a store. And uh, just sometimes it's best if we can just get out of the way and let nature do its thing. Yep. So, guys, hopefully you check us out on the other podcasts this week. Uh, what do we got? We got NWTF coming up yep. in two weeks um, Be in there. Nashville, Tennessee. So if you're anywhere in the area, that's a fantastic show. We're going to have a booth. Come by, see us. Also going to be at QDMA Whitetail Weekend in March. So please come by or register online now, QDMA.com. Um, then uh, also Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube it. We're there. Guys, thanks so much once again. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.